You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. What's up, listeners, to another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. I'm your host, Neil, and David is out today, but at least I have two substitutes for him. I'm here with Johnny and Sergio. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Cool. Can you guys uh, introduce yourselves and tell everyone who you are? Johnny, let's start with you. Okay, yeah. My name is Johnny Robinson. I'm the 50% owner of Orange Window Cleaning (laughs) here in Orange County, California. We do residential and commercial window cleaning services and we offer gutter cleaning christmas lights and pressure washing as well and we run that business completely remotely um cool sergio how about yourself man yeah so the other 50 percent, and a little bit about me went to school for civil engineering completely unrelated and then did that for a bit didn't like the corporate world so came back to the window cleaning and yeah we just love home service so cool we're gonna dive into that yeah Yeah. i um met both johnny and sergio on twitter actually and i saw that the world around remote local service companies is actually kind of small when you actually get to it so it it was fun to have them on the pod talk shop kind of talk a little bit about what they're doing and what the goals are so honestly i would love to hear first of all like how'd you guys meet how'd you get going and first how old are you guys so yeah we're 23 uh i turned 23 in may sergio in july and we've been best friends since seventh grade, actually. Wow. We were the, both the shortest guys in the class, and we had the same Hurley sweater from Costco. <laughs> and we uh, we just hit it off. We had all the same classes together and just became best friends from middle school all the way through high school. Wow. And uh, in terms of local services, I think, where'd you guys go to college? I went to Cal State Fullerton. Okay. Sergio? Yeah, and then I went to Cal Poly Pomona. Got it. So what made you guys want to get into local services? I mean, I think most people get out of college and think, hey, I'm going to go work for some sexy tech company. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Not many people think local services business owner right at 22. What was – how would the conversation go? How did you guys get into this? Well, it was it was a little more of like a side hustle at first because we were in college. We needed money. And so Johnny Johnny just found out that you could start a business without a degree. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yo, let's start a business. And uh, I couldn't find a job at the time. So we kind of started brainstorming. And uh, yeah, we just chose window cleaning. And it was more of like, it, it wasn't always remote because me and him did the window cleaning for a few years ourselves. Mm-hmm. So wow. it was just something to get us by in college. But then we started realizing the power or like, how much money you could actually make in home service was pretty crazy. So mm-hmm. we went so all you, in with it. You started it when you were at college. This was your side hustle in college to do. Yeah, when we were 19. Got it. And so in graduating, were you guys looking for other jobs or both of you knew, like, no, we're going to go do this full time? Yeah, we, we took internships. So my thing was I hated working for people. I had my first job out of high school. So mm-hmm. I wasn't like the stereotypical me and Sergio both weren't the stereotypical entrepreneurs like selling candy and like little side hustles in college and stuff. I had no idea you could anybody could start a business. I didn't even know tech startups were a thing or tech was a thing. Like 
I had no idea what was going on. And so when I got my first job, I realized, wow, working for managers suck. Mm-hmm. I want to do my absolute best to not have to deal with the manager again. And I'll do whatever I have to do. Um, but I still want to try the corporate route because I hadn't tried it, right? It was just a low-level lifeguarding job. Mm-hmm. So me and Sergio both took corporate internships in the summer of 2019. And Sergio lasted, like, what, three weeks, a month? <laughs> uh, I think that one was like a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, a month and a half. And then I lasted two and a half weeks before I quit and drove home from Dallas. And they, like, invested a bunch into me. Flew me out to Cleveland, Dallas. I was doing my thing with them for two mm-hmm. and a half weeks. And then just I couldn't take it. It was the same wow. thing all over again. Quit and drove back home to go full-time window cleaning. So what did you guys' parents do? <clears throat> oftentimes the entrepreneurial bug kind of carries over, right? Just because that's what you're exposed to. Oftentimes it doesn't. I'm curious what yeah. you guys' parents did. Yeah. So I'll talk about mine and then Sergio can share his. But I grew up in a single – like I have a single mom. So my dad mm-hmm. was kind of in and out of my life. Uh, he's passed away now my sophomore year. But my mom completely raised me, and it was just – literally get by make ends meet mm-hmm. and uh that was kind of what i knew and i didn't I, I don't know i just never really gave any thought to career path or like i barely graduated high school i went to continuation school so uh yeah i mean that kind of gives you some background on how i grew up and kind of my like there's no entrepreneurs in my family yeah. either. so yeah, yeah just, and then i'm kind of, i'm kind of the same way where my dad he's a truck driver and he He's been self-employed before as a truck driver, like being like a 1099 subcontractor mm-hmm. guy, but not really like it, it is technically your own business, but not really, you know, because he's the yeah. guy driving the truck. And then my mom's just stay at home mom because I'm the oldest of 10 kids. So someone needs to be watching all those kids. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I always thought that going going to college and getting a degree was like the only way to make money so that's why like i was an avid i don't know if you're familiar with the avid program in high school but i did that and then that helped me get into college and then you know got a degree but then i realized like that wasn't the only way it is, it is so interesting though because i think a lot of people who get into entrepreneurship their parents obviously don't think the same way they do and many times the people whose parents do think that way they kind of have a leg up to begin with i think you guys are lucky that at a young age you figured out oh shit, I don't need to do the normal business stuff, right? Versus a lot of people like myself, for example, my parents just wanted security. They never had security in their lives. So they're like, hey, Neil, go get the most secure job you can. Cool, I'll go to finance, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. what is the most secure thing you can get for your kid? Because a lot of our, our parents didn't grow up with much money. So it is interesting to see how eventually most entrepreneurs get to a point where they're like, oh shit, I can make a lot more money on entrepreneurship, but it takes a while, right? You kind of have to break down some barriers. It's really cool that you guys got there rather quickly. It sounds like just out of pain for not wanting to be actually employed. That's how you guys actually got there really quickly. Yeah. yeah. And then just, just realize, I think it's kind of a blessing that we started so young because we didn't have anything to risk really. So it, you know, if we were all, we were down here, like we could only go up. So, yeah, good point. So, I mean, you guys are young dudes. You guys are smart. Like, Everyone around is saying, hey, let's go into tech. Let's start this company. Let's like just go big. Let's make a billion dollars. Have you guys thought about that? Or is that something you're like, that's not what we want to do at all? Yeah, we've thought about it. We still think about it. I mean, I think every entrepreneur kind of deals with shiny object syndrome, right? And the new, new next best thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it's like, 
in home service specifically, your ninety percent of your competition are people running business on pen and paper, mm-hmm. been around for decades and decades. Like you, you have no competition if you know how to work technology, and uh, build a good reputation. Like that's literally it in home service. So why not continue to build on the same formula that's been working, versus going and learning a whole new process and system and industry. Yeah, and then coming from, I guess, more like lower income, if someone were to tell you, like, hey, you can make a million dollars cleaning houses, like, why wouldn't you? Like, you know, it's it's not it's, rocket science, so it's like, it, it's, why not? It's funny enough, it's like, I guess it's the prestige issue, it's the ego issue, if you like, you know, you want something shiny and sexy, but you don't realize it's 20 times harder to do. Versus if you were clear, your end goal is, hey, I need to make X amount of money to have X amount of lifestyle. Then like, okay, what's the easiest way to get there? Let me start a cleaning company. Let me start a, a window washing company, right? Things like that. But yep. I, I think people get really much stuck into the trap. And I think we've all seen it, for example, on Twitter of like, hey, how do you how do you kind of like flex what you're doing a little bit more? Get into, get into Web3, get into like a lot of these shiny industries where reality is you just kind of got to know your goal and you're playing that game. Uh, it's tough to know, and I, I think it's really cool that you guys, at a very young age, kind of already figured out that dude, local services is pretty actually awesome. So, uh, I'm curious, guys, what are your goals? So you have the window washing company, and that kind of started just because you started as a side hustle and you wanted to grow. It started to grow really well. Have you guys discussed what's next on the plan and what are the different options available? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Uh, Sergio, well, so- let's go with you, man. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of in a weird spot where we're not sure where we want to take it because next year we could see we're basically on run rate to do a million with the window cleaning business next year, like top line mm-hmm. revenue. And um, but we also really want to go all in with the made business, so mm-hmm. we're not sure should we keep it for cash flow. But then you know there's still going to be issues that come up because you know just running home service business, just like any any other business, there's always something coming up. Um, no matter how, how much you automate it, it's still going to be mm-hmm. there in the back of your mind. Or do we sell it and use that money to, you know, invest into other things? So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Window cleaning is not as easily um, run remotely compared to made business mm-hmm. just because there's, like, more in-person bid aspects to it and stuff and we've removed that like probably 95 99 percent like most of it but yeah so i do want to talk about in a second how did you make a non-remote business remote because i think a lot of listeners that's what they want to know is hey how do i run a local company from anywhere in the world Uh, before Mm -hmm. that johnny what if you guys envision the johnny sergio empire what what does that look like yeah so my vision is we've realized uh, I've been active on Twitter a little bit and I've grown my following just a little. Uh, I started 200 followers. I'm coming up on like 5K now in the last three months. Mm-hmm. And I realized through interacting with different people on Twitter, the the leverage you hold when you have a following, even if it's a little one, and what you can do with that. So our whole thing is like, okay, we're good at home services. Let's let's bring in someone else. So we have Min, our, who's our full-time content guy. And let's have him document the process of building up a maid service completely remotely because mm-hmm. that's all the thing with window cleaning, right? So we figure let's build some, some maid companies and we're, we're going to do multiple locations at one time uh, because we have the team to do so. So we have two general managers, two VAs, me and Sergio. Mm-hmm. 
So we have the team in place, we have the subs in place. So we figure, okay, let's launch a bunch of made services or made locations, not too many, just enough to where we can manage and not get too hectic with it because we can copy and paste our orange window cleaning systems right into the made business. We just have to figure out, maybe tweak the hiring a little bit because we're working with more individuals versus just companies. Mm-hmm. Window cleaning, because in window cleaning, you need trucks and pressure washers and equipment, whereas made service, it's not so much. You can run it out of any vehicle and just, just paste it into the made business and, and see how it goes. So why, why move? You're about to hit a million dollars on your window cleaning business. And you're saying, hey, let me move over to made service. Is it purely because you want it to be more remote or what is the reason you're shifting gears here? Yeah. So with window cleaning, it's going to naturally get to a million kind of regardless of what we do because of the systems we have in place to retain customers and nurture the relationships with customers and acquire new customers. We have probably some of the best marketing against our window cleaning competitors in Orange County. Mm-hmm. That's all automated. We don't have to do anything. So we get this question a lot and there's really not much to do in the window cleaning business unless we wanted to turn it into like a franchise or expand it out into a big private chain across California and into, I don't know, Nevada or Arizona. Mm-hmm. That's just not something we're interested in because there's not, the, the juice in window cleaning isn't worth the squeeze to build up like that. So it's really, it's good for cash flow. Mm-hmm. And our thought process is, is, well, we can spin this up in maid service, especially if we're starting in Orange County. We've got 2,000 plus customers in the window cleaning business we can cross sell to to start with. And then implementing all our marketing procedures, we can grow that really quickly. And automate it really quickly, the same way we did with orange window cleaning. Got it. And uh, I'd love to walk through the process of how you made orange window cleaning mostly remote. So maybe you could walk us through, Sergio, where did you guys start where it wasn't remote? And how did you shift it to become a remote model? And why? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think the first and biggest thing was going from employees, like all employees, to all subcontractors. Mm-hmm. So when you have employees, you got to be there at the yard in the morning to send them all off, you know, with their, with their equipment and telling them where to go. And I mean, like, even if you have the systems in place where they can see all the jobs from their phone, like they're still expecting someone there to tell them what to do just because like, that's how employees are. And then compared to that with subs, they're for the most part, completely self-sufficient. So I just tell them, I just, you know, they see their jobs on their calendar and they go and do them. And I don't really hear much from them because it's their job to get the job done. And then it's my job to give them work so they can make money. So having the subs is definitely a lot easier than managing employees. And then as far as like quoting goes, like we, we do all, like, like I said, 99% of our bids, like quotes online, the only time that we do in person is like when it's like a really big property like you know 10,000 square foot home or a big commercial building sir do you think but, you could have kept employees and made it remote that's a good question i mean i think if there was a general manager in place mm-hmm. someone like i said to meet them at the yard and manage employees like locally then yeah, yeah i i think so and you guys but, are providing trucks, equipment, and all that kind of stuff for them? Yeah. yeah. Got it. So but, at that point, I you mean, need a central place to store the trucks to begin with. So that already causes it not to be remote. Yeah. I mean, we could have a, a like a 
place that's local, but then like me personally, I wouldn't have to be there. Right. Mm. So I guess that's kind of like not remote, but yeah, it's, I think with employees, it's pretty hard to do that. Got it. Especially in this market with labor and hiring, because our big biggest issue and why we switch, one of the main reasons we switched to subs was to, to uh, fulfill more demand. Okay. Because we were losing about 10 grand a week because we couldn't find people to bring in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing like five to six person sized group interviews with only one person showing up. And then that person would end up ghosting us after accepting the position. So it's mm-hmm. like, it was really hard to, to scale that way, especially when you're, when you have a lot of uh, capital, you have to put up for trucks and water fed poles or pressure washers, whatever it may be. Yep. And then say that trucks, truck breaks down, you got to deal with that. Now you're, you're out of truck. What are you going to do? Yeah. So How, how's it been? So the sub part, uh, I can see why it's so much better with, um, you know, not even training them. They're usually already companies. So there's a lot less that you have to do in terms of management. How have you seen, has there been any downside in terms of, let's say quality, um, retention, ownership of the jobs? What have been the downsides you've seen from the sub model? I mean, to be completely transparent, it's only been well, maybe like four or five months, something like that. So yeah. this isn't going off like a long like history, but it's been great. Enough data. Like I yeah. just yeah, I just hired a new sub like last week, and out of the three jobs he's done for us, two of them got five star reviews. So nice, you know, like quality is still there. Um, I'm completely upfront. Like these are, you know, customers of Orange Window Cleaning. But you know, so if you were to take them, we would just stop giving you work. And do you really want to do that? If I'm able to give you as much work as you want, like right, no, and pay you the amount you want so, to get paid anyways. So exactly. Absolutely. So uh, um, yeah. And why did you guys want to make it remote? Was it a pure cost decision? It's a life. I think a little bit of lifestyle little bit of um, reduced headache like like I said like employees are a lot harder to manage so you're making the business a lot harder like unnecessarily if you could do it with subs yeah and then also like the lifestyle thing being able to just travel whenever or wherever you want like that's that I feel like that's anybody's dream if they mm. like traveling so hmm. yeah all right um, I'm, so you guys are co-owners in, in this business as well as the growing empire. Uh, I'm curious to talk a little bit more about that in terms of how you guys divide up who does what, what someone's strengths and weakness. What have you guys seen as been pros of the partnership and maybe things that other people should be thinking about before they get into partnership with somebody else? Uh, Johnny, how about you? Yeah. I mean, I got pretty lucky with my partner cause we get along, we get along great. Uh, we barely oh, ever <laughs> yeah we, we rarely argue i mean uh he's like i consider him like a brother to me uh, we've been we've literally mm-hmm. slept i don't share this story a lot and it's kind of embarrassing but uh, sergio hates it when i say it but we literally slept on the same bed together for six months when when we were out in the field like working all the time like building this business over the summer yeah so me and him are pretty close <laughs> and it just so happened sergio's like i i think he's probably one of the smartest people i know and he just, the way he thinks about things, he's super analytical and he's just a genius when it comes to operations and putting systems in place, mm-hmm. making things run fluidly. And then I just do the talking. That's, that's pretty much it. I, I, I was the one to go out and build the relationships with referral partners and, um, you know, 
acquisitions or setting up the marketing, stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I feel like what I've seen with partnerships is you always need a, kind of a call of the visionary and integrator is kind of the word that Rocket Fuel, mm-hmm. the book uses, uh, call it whatever you want, but someone who's a little bit more analytical operations focused, someone who is the one who's like, all right, let me go get the accounts, right? Uh, both are extremely, extremely valuable and and uh, kind of hard to find in a good partnership. So it's pretty awesome you guys have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like you to the question about like, what would you recommend? Definitely from day one, try to split the roles and just divide and conquer. So, you know, be very clear about what you're in charge of, what you're in charge of, and then respect those boundaries. So if it came to like marketing and he had a stronger opinion on something, like say I was against it, like I'm still going to respect if he chose to do what he wanted because it's like, that's your job. So I'm just going to trust your judgment on this, even if I don't fully agree with what you're doing, right? Do you guys have official job descriptions for each other? We do and we don't. Um, so yeah, it's it's loosely, but yeah, like yeah. we've we filled out a lot of the scaling up book because uh, we're an EO EO our entrepreneurs organization, the accelerator, and uh, they go through a lot of like delegating and splitting up tasks and roles. And when we were really dead set on growing orange window cleaning, we had that very clear. But now as we move into like building other things, it's kind of just like we're taking what we did at orange window cleaning and applying it to all the other businesses. Gotcha. And in, in terms of, uh, look, you're going to launch a cleaning company next. After that, it might be something else and something else. A lot of listeners here uh, are looking in the local services and thinking, what do I start? Right? We have we have a window cleaning over here. I do I do maid service. But what are other niches you guys have considered? What else do you like? What else is conducive to the remote local model? What do you guys yeah. think? It's a great question. I have seven. So a seven. Shoot, you got it. You got a number in mind. So there's <laughs> window cleaning and house cleaning. All right, both great. Then you have junk removal. I know a guy personally uh, who lives in Vegas and runs a California-based junk removal company that has three locations, and he doesn't do a thing, all subcontractors, uh, completely remote. And then there's mobile detailing, which I think is really exciting um, because there's- Car detailing, right? Yeah, car detailing. Mm -hmm. And there's no true like dominant player in this in any market that I've seen. It's so fragmented. It's a lot of mom and pop owner operator type businesses who in in my like my theory is that they would be really happy for a broker type business or something like what you run made this or orange window cleaning to come in and say, hey, I can just give you work. And mm-hmm. they'd be really happy to do it. And then the other three are landscaping and pool cleaning. Okay. Was that yeah. six or was that seven? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sergio, I need to add to that or those are the ones you're considering? Uh, no, yeah, I think he got them all. Yeah. Let's break it down for listeners. If everyone's listening to this and saying, oh, cool, I'm going to start pool cleaning. What are things they need to, let's think of pros and cons. Because immediately when I, when you said this, I'm like, okay, this is what you should be considering. This we should not be considering as it relates to that business model. Let's talk about pool cleaning. When you guys are considering that, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? So really like that it's recurring, just like the maid business. So, you know, you, once you get an account, you, it's pretty sticky and you can have that account over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like, just like the mobile detailing or the maid business is like super fragmented, not mm-hmm. like really big players in there. So there's like so many, I see pool guys all the time, you know, you, you know, like they have the, the pool thing on the back of their truck. Yeah. So super easy to get a lot of subs and, um, 
Oh, one thing I really like about pool cleaning actually is like there isn't like a lot of um, customer facing relationships. So, you know, you just, you just go, they and go do into the job the, and get out the backyard, do it real quick, 20 minutes and you're out. So that's a little bit different than made business because you do have to make sure like your subs are on it. Like as far as like being respectful and having good, better customer service. Yeah. So I, yeah. I know a guy who was kind of a mentor to me. He had a very large pool cleaning company and uh, in Arizona, he was making, I think, 40 to 50 grand in profit per month. But here's the trick. It wasn't because the pool cleaning. The pool cleaning was uh, for him, low margin. He's like, I just did it to get in there. He mapped out all the homes which had pools in them because you could look at Google Earth and figure out what homes had them and had mm-hmm. pools there. Send them postcards, and once the the cleaner was in the door and did the pool cleaning, which is extremely low margin, low dollar amount, then he would upsell them on different things. That was the model, and that's what you could think about with a lot of these low margin businesses. Think about uh, mobile car detailing. Mm-hmm. You know, it can get up there in price, but you're probably capped at a recurring rate of 100, 150 bucks maybe for a, a mobile detailing. So how do you get more money after that? Uh, a lot of the high frequency services, even cleaning services, like yeah, you can make a lot of money with just cleaning, but how do you upsell them? That's the real trick. I think that's the case for pool cleaning as well as mobile detailing. So many ways to slice it, um, but that's that's one concept of, hey, if it's low ticket amount, you better be able to upsell them. How can you actually do that? Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah, an example of that that you've used and made this? Uh, easiest one's extras. Uh, another one is cross-selling a different service like carpet cleaning if they're moving out. Um, but extras, like uh, they're going to sign up for first cleaning. It's going to be deep cleaning. After that, you upsell them and say, hey, why don't you add on the fridge clean extra? Or why don't you do X, Y, and Z? Honestly, like as long as you can get them on a recurring plan, then you have opportunity later on to even upsell them. Things where like it's a one-time sale, like uh, let's say you're doing a mobile car detailing, it's a one-time big cleaning. It's kind of harder to upsell them like on, on future stuff. But if you get them on a recurring plan, you can hit them every single time with promos and upsells, right? So step one, recurring plan. Step two, upsell them on extras and then kind of go up from there. And for us, as we get into like Airbnbs and things like that, there's a lot more you can do if you want to. It's extra stress if you're going to offer all these additional services. So I think the biggest thing to think about is what's the easiest extra you could offer, which is a quick upsell. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how I think about it. Uh, okay. I do I, I do really like what you said, Johnny, about junk removal. I haven't even thought about that. Uh, I would assume it's too capital intensive so people wouldn't get into it. But you're thinking about for the sub model, right? Yeah. Yeah. Junk removal is great, especially after I heard this guy's model. And I'll kind of share a little bit with you uh, because he shared a, actually a gem with me that we kind of took and uh, we kind of give out as advice for other people. And we've mm-hmm. kind of tried it too, is when you're in like a more capital intensive business and you want to go remote and use subs, you might be wondering, how do I find these subs? And he told us you can go to the fourth or fifth page of Google or mm-hmm. Yelp and get, get all, call all those guys, see if they want work that that doesn't work, uh, which is unlikely. You might, you, you'll probably get a couple of subs doing that. But go to your local, like, so for example, junk removal, they need to drop off all that junk. Where are they going to go, right? They're going to go to the waste mm-hmm. disposal place. So go park at the waste disposal place, wait for those subs to come in and say, hey, yeah. I'm local. I, need, <laughs> I need a sub, right? I can give you more work. Yeah. And that same concept applies to mobile detailing with uh, you know, Chemical Guys is a big mobile detailing store you can go to. And you're going to see mobile detailers in and out all day. Same thing with Leslie's pool supplies. If you're doing pool cleaning, yeah. you can take that that kind of framework and apply it to any mobile service industry. Uh, I'm just cracking up at the thought of like 
showing up in a junk spot and be like, hey, I was waiting for you. And they're like, oh, wow, you're waiting for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe oh don't say that. That's so special. <laughs> <laughs> That's a scrappy way of doing it. I love it. I love it. Most people don't think about that. They're like, oh, let me throw up an Indeed ad and just see, see what happens. But right. like kind of what you guys are talking about, this is the next level stuff where you just got to get a little bit scrappier than the next guy and you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's the cool part. I think about local services. It's not that much scrappier. You're just a little bit scrappier, and you're gonna win. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Well, thank you guys for hopping on over here. Any um, kind of parting words or advice? And a lot of listeners, like I said, um, they want to be remote. They want to be local. You guys are kind of doing both along your journey. Any like pearls of wisdom that you might be able to drop to the listeners here? Sergey, you want to go first? Um, hmm. that was a nice way, Johnny, to be like, I don't know what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna I'm throw Sergio yeah. under the bus here. <laughs> I was expecting you to go first. Yeah, um, I couldn't think of anything. I mean, for someone that wants to go remote and start one of these local service businesses, like it's like how we said, like you don't you don't have to be super smart or anything. Like it's very practical and. As long as you, you know, take the right steps and listen to a podcast like this, like we learned everything we know from podcasts and like YouTube, right? Basically, like I don't have a business degree, but I mean, I would say like I know a lot more than people going to business school just because we ran this business, right? So, um, yeah, just don't be scared to hedge your bets. Yeah, and, it, and Neil, that's that's great. That's great advice, but. Neil doesn't actually know this, so it's kind of cool to say this on his podcast, but I've listened to like four or five podcasts with Neil on it, and just oh, hey. it happened to, that he was a guest on them. It's not like I was searching him out or anything. It just kept popping up, and through that, it ingrained ingrained the sub-model into my head, and that's actually where we got the idea to – I initially got the idea to use subs, Yeah, um, and then we started seeing some other people do it, but you were the one that initially gave us the idea, so thank Very you. Very cool, man. Thank you for sharing that. It makes me feel good. Yeah. But, Dude, yeah. I didn't even know that. I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but to, to give some last advice, like what Sergio said, your competition kind of sucks. Uh, it's really easy mm-hmm. to come in and, and outcompete them, but just don't overcomplicate it. Just get started. Uh, business is really simple. You find subs, throw up some ads, you'll get some work, make sure the subs do a good job and build a good process on the back end to continue to nurture that relationship with the customer. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I always tell people on this podcast is, um, Picking up the damn phone is a competitive advantage in this industry. So use that. All you got to do is pick up the phone. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's literally it. And uh, where can everyone here find you guys? So you can find me on Twitter. I'm really active on Twitter at Squeegee God. And then. Sergio. Yeah. And then I'm also trying to grow my Twitter. So it's just my name, Sergio Seleski. I don't know. Perfect. We'll put those links in the show notes for everyone. And yeah, both of you guys, thank you uh, for hopping on today. It was awesome having you guys on and for everyone listening. Look forward to next week for the Remote Local Podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.